1: Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on blog talk radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFancyFootball.com so you can get our waivers and injury newsletters. Also, don't forget to look up our rankings before you set your week 12 lineups. And a friendly reminder, make sure to tune in to our radio show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. You can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash Football. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. I'm here with my love lovely sisters, Brandon, Marianne Lee, Ashley Williams. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah. Already
2: drinking beer. It's uh, 9 o'clock here. So I was going to oh. say it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but it's later than that.
1: It's later than People that. they yep. are probably cooking. You can just slip us in your little ears while you're cleaning your house before guests come over or relaxing because you're going somewhere else. Although probably
0: everyone that listens to us is not even going to remotely check in for another four to five hours for when we usually start recording. This is true. It is a very odd time for us. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) It is
1: a very odd time. 7.30 Mountain here 9 9.30 Eastern. I don't think we've ever recorded this early. But we did it for you because there are three games on Thursday instead of the one Thursday night game. So we want to make sure we record this and posted it so you can listen to... The first at least part of the podcast, which we will do it in order be um from the Thursday night game. So we will do the morning game first and the afternoon game, then the night game, so you can get what you need to get before setting your initial lineups. Um and we'll try to cut it in by an hour and a half so you can hopefully listen to the whole thing before setting any of your lineups. So let's dive right into it. No one's on bye because it's real time now. Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions. Oh, oh, Ashley, the Vikings.
0: Yes. So Adam Thielen is I'm going to start off with because he's my favorite player on this team and he's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has emerged as the most consistent receiver on this team. I don't think that's even a question at this point. So he caught six of nine targets for 123 yards and a touchdown last week. He has had four solid weeks in a row and has a decent matchup this week. So you can play him as you usually do. In your starting lineup. Now, Stefan Diggs, I'm not as excited about this week. He did not have a great week last week, catching four of six for 32, but he should bounce back. But I'm still gonna slide him into what I would consider a wide receiver two role. I don't feel good about him as a wide receiver one. Um, I just think that Thielen and in Case Keenum have really great chemistry. And I think Diggs will still do okay. He's still worthy of a starting lineup, but I don't think he's the wide receiver one on this team at this point in time. Um Kyle Rudolph, if you need at least four points, he is your guy. He caught five of seven targets for 58 yards in last week's game, and he's been targeted seven times uh, and caught at least five of them in the past six games. So while he's not getting huge numbers, he's very consistent, which is a rarity for a tight end. So for the most part, you should be thrilled with five catches from a tight end, and that's what he's going to get you. And another starter here is based on patterns for running backs, it should have been Jarek McKinnon – who was the guy, but it was Latavius Murray who stole the show. He rushed 15 times for 95 yards and had two touchdowns. He is the goal line back, and he has scored three touchdowns in the past two games combined. He has a nice matchup, so expect another week of at least one touchdown from Latavius Murray. What I will say is Jerick McKinnon is a sleeper for me. He has been bumped out of my starters, um, because despite only getting 48 yards last week, he is getting the touches, so he can be a sleeper. The volume, you know, is there week in, week out. He rushed 14 times last week, and he's had no less than 10 rush attempts the past six games. Uh, And he gets the nod for pass attempts, so he's still a viable option for PPR, but Latavius Murray is certainly who they're going to when they need somebody uh, towards a goal line. Bench, Case Keenum. But what I will say is he completed 27 of 38 passes for 280 yards and a touchdown in what was a surprising beatdown of the Rams. I did not expect that at all. I don't know about you guys, but after two solid weeks, Coach Zimmer has had no choice but to continue with Case Keenum, who he has confirmed will get the start this week, and I would say that he's a viable streaming option. He's been doing well the last few weeks, but I just don't know if I trust this organization that if he throws an interception that we're not going to see Teddy Bridgewater immediately put it in there. I think similar to what happened with Tyrod Taylor, they're bidding, they're waiting their time for Case Keenum to slip up just slightly so they can put Teddy Bridgewater in, and so therefore for me, I don't I can't confidently say stream him because I think he could get pulled
1: at any moment. Awesome. All right. Well, this might be a really tough week for the lions. As we were just saying, we also with Minnesota Vikings into the Rams. Oh, it was not, not nice. It was not nice. So I'm trying to go with anyone other than Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford this week. I will say, uh, I don't think he will be awful, awful, I'm guessing he'll have around 14 fantasy points, so it's not like the worst. I don't think he's going to do as bad as Goff did last week, but I don't think he's going to do enough to help you with your fantasy team either. As for Golden Taint, Marvin Jones, and Amir Abdullah, I like them all for a flex, but they scare me just as much. Only one wide receiver has had double digits uh, points in standard leagues in the last four games. Um, So, listen, they see the targets. I don't mind them. Especially in PPR, uh, but it's going to be a little bit dicey. So they're not an automatic start. Um, Amir Abdullah will get somewhere around nine fantasy points, which is what he's good at. Um, and I think he's not going to be held to any less than that, per se, against Minnesota, because I don't think that they find him as the threat. Um, You know, the only real quarterback who's done well against Minnesota was Kirk Cousins, and that's because he ran in for two touchdowns. I don't see Matthew Stafford doing that. So if they're just all not my favorite play this week against Minnesota, I wish I would have taken a step back last week with the Rams. This week, I definitely am with the Lions. Um, But you can start Matt Prater. That's a that's a plus. And uh, as we mentioned, Adam Thielen plays for the Minnesota Vikings, so you are not starting Detroit's defense. All right, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys at 2.30 Eastern on Thursday. Brandon, those Chargers. It's actually at 2.30
2: Mountain, 4.30 Eastern. Oh, sorry. The day starts at 12.30 Eastern. Um, This is a nice reminder that we have a time difference here at Her Fantasy Football. I am sadly Mm -hmm. on the East Coast, uh, but they are in Mountain Time, and it's earlier for them. It's nice. Uh, All right, so the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, um, they were the beneficiaries of Sean McDermott taking crazy Mm. pills and deciding to start David Peterman. (laughs) (laughs) I just like you guys. So talk about
0: unexpected beatdown. Whoa.
2: Well, expected and unexpected. So I was on the fantasy pros podcast last week uh, with Mike Tagliere and Bob, Bobby, I can't remember. what was listening. Uh, I just met him like, you know, on a podcast without seeing him, but um nice guys, fantasy pros, right? And uh we were supposed to make bold predictions. And my bold prediction was that Tyrod Taylor would score more points than Nathan Peterman. I didn't know how many more points. I I just (laughs) thought he would get benched. I thought this was a horrible way to introduce poor Nathan Peterman on the road against one of the best defenses in the league. It didn't make any sense, especially when it comes to the pass rush, like why they would do that to him. But this was epic. And the real thing is, here's what's shocking, you guys. um Philip Rivers still didn't score that many fantasy points actually uh you know he did have two touchdowns he put up 18 points but you would think with that score that it was like this epic beatdown. the problem is they're not going to play the Bills again this week is what I'm trying to tell you this is my long way of saying that the Cowboys are not the Bills even though Dak Prescott tried to be Nathan Peterman as hard as he possibly as could, as could last week. Wow. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen again. They also might get back their left tackle, which is part of the big problem here. Ash is going to go into the Cowboys. But my point is to expect those kind of numbers and that kind of productivity going into this week would be a little bit of a folly. And so I'm going to say this. Melvin, Gorman look, uh, Melvin Gordon looked back to normal last week starting him per usual against Dallas. They give up the 11th most points to opposing running backs. Great. Um, And I think you can't really bench Keenan Allen after he finally scored a touchdown for the first time since week one and actually scored two and put up 159 receiving yards. It was a crazy good game for him. Uh, Dallas does give up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, so I'm okay sticking, hoping that it's a hot streak, but I'm also not expecting anything close to that. So, you know, Take that as you will. Um, I'm also going to say this, that I'm okay with Phillip Rivers as a flyer. Again, this league is crazy right now with who's playing quarterback, so I'm not against that. Um, but, you know, Carson Wentz went over 20 points last week, but that's because he scored two two-point conversions when Jake Elliott went out. Otherwise, it'd been, it would have been 16 points. And most yeah. quarterbacks are not scoring more than 16 points on the Dallas Cowboys. They don't have Sean Lee, but still, like – I think this might be dicey again. Mm -hmm. um, Austin Eckler is a nice flex um, option. If you think this is going to be another blowout, because let me tell you in two blowouts, he's been pretty decent. Um, Now it could just uh, be because of that, but he is getting 5.3 yards per carry, 9.4 yards per reception. So when he does touch the ball, it's definitely productive. Five touchdowns and only 52 touches. Pretty good. Uh, According to Pro Football Focus, um, there is – I did this article actually for Fantasy Alarm that was about – that was basically like um, asking trivia questions that are like surprising stats. And I was asking which edge rusher has the most quarterback pressures in the league. It's Joey Bosa, by the way, his uh, second-year guy over at Los Angeles, uh, 54, the second – Person is Melvin Ingram, also on the Chargers with 53. That's right, 107 quarterback pressures from two players on the Chargers. It's really intense. So I think you could also play their defense even against Dak Prescott, especially without Ezekiel Elliott. Hunter Henry, I don't know what to tell you guys, three terrible games in a row. And it's not because of Antonio Gates, you guys, who also has still only scored one touchdown to get that that record. Remember us joking about that? Yeah, that's real. That's still happening. And uh, Mike Williams is questionable. He is getting more work, but he's not fantasy relevant. Unless you're in a super deep league, but come on now.
1: All right, Ashley, how about the Cowboys? Well, I'm
0: not playing the Cowboys defense. They're just not good enough to play. you got better streaming options out there, so you're not playing them. But in terms of starters, as we thought, Alfred Morris is the RB1 and had the bulk of the carries despite the fact that Rod Smith got the start. Uh, And he was in for more snaps than Morris, which is interesting. It's really weird. Um, But when we look at carries across both players, Morris had 17 carries for 91 yards compared to Smith's 8 carries for 11 yards. Clearly, we can see who was the more productive back in this case. Um, And starting isn't always telling you in terms of who the actual starter is. It may just be that particular play that they want to, that they want to unfold. And that's why Rod Smith maybe led better to that play. But Alfred Morris is the guy. I think we have seen this. And, and in terms of who you should be starting, that is who you should play. I don't think Rod Smith is even worth a flex at this point. Um, I don't like it. Des Bryant, he caught eight of 14 targets for 63 yards. And that's not the numbers that you want to see. I will acknowledge that, but I don't know how you can bench a guy who averages 10 targets a game. Um, it just says what it is. He's a wide receiver 2 this week. I will say that until this offense sorts itself out, but again, 10 targets, you have to play him. It just it just says what it is. And you got to hope for the best. And 63 yards isn't terrible. It's wide receiver 2 flex low numbers, but you know, it is what it is. So you're playing him. My sleeper is Deck Prescott. I've bumped him out of my starting role. And Brandon may disagree with me on this, but he completed 18 of 31 passes for 145 yards and in three interceptions against the Eagles. Ouch. It was bad. And in the past four weeks, he's only had one good game. Just one. And he has a tough matchup this week. So the Chargers are a better defense than people think they are. So he doesn't have a cakewalk happening this week. Now, a lot of this has to do with the loss of their left tackle, the Brandon mentioned Tyron Smith, who did practice on Tuesday. But it is not a lock that he is going to return this week. So I think you have to look elsewhere until... Smith returns he has been what the problem here has been in terms of the running game in terms of Dak I mean Dak literally the moment Smith has gone out has completely tanked so for the most part I can't tell you to play Dak Prescott until Smith is playing so what I would suggest is that you look at for your injury report and the most important person you look for is Tyron Smith to see if he is active for the game and at that point you can decide to play Dak Prescott but you cannot play him if Tyron Smith is not playing it is what it is And then for that fact, this offense is completely imploding without him. So you can't play Jason Witten, you can't play Terrence Williams, and you can't play Cole Beasley until Dak gets back on track, which he hasn't done yet. So, unfortunately, you really have Alfred Morris and Des Bryant that you can play on this team.
2: There you go. One of our uh, listeners right now on YouTube just asked a question if you would start uh, Alfred Morris over Samaje Pirine this week. They're both on Thanksgiving, so what do you think? Yes, I would. All right. I like it. I like Was it. Yours? I think they're both good plays. I like Samaje this week. Against Washington or against the Giants? Yeah. It's
1: pretty good. Yeah. I mean I yeah. like Samaje better.
0: I do, but my issue is that Samaje P Ryan seemed like the obvious choice with Chris Thompson being hurt, which means Gruden will not do it. Yeah, it's gonna be that Byron Marshall.
2: Yeah, it's you know I, I think they're running out of options. Yeah, I agree.
0: What <laughs> but happens. they don't really run
2: the ball very often. And Chris Thompson's more of a passing guy. I don't really know how much I know. But it, it, logic
0: would tell you they should play P Ryan, which means they're not going to do it, right? Because they okay. have not followed logic this entire season. So. How many more injuries can Kirk Cousins overcome? I mean, serious question.
1: Karma.
2: It's bad. Okay, you guys, so I don't know if you have heard about it or not, but there is this website called Zola.com. It is Z-O-L-A.com. Zola Registry has everything that you love about your favorite – department store, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and more. That's right. If you're getting married, you need to go and get an account at Zola.com, and we are so excited to have them as a sponsor this week. Uh, They have over 500 top brands, 50,000 gifts to experience, and and cash funds. It's kind of like just this one-stop shop. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash Fantasy football. That's right. Zola.com, Z-O-L-A.com slash fantasy football. They have this group gifting feature so that you can register and not feel bad about those big ticket items because people could just go in on it together, which is awesome. You can personalize your registry with pictures and notes, etc. They have the price matching free shipping every single day. It's a great app. I mean, it's just like pretty much everything that you need. I wish that I had it when I got married back in the day because they also have a free wedding suite that has things like free wedding websites and guest list manager and everything like that. So super easy to use. Go check it out. Again, to sign up for Zola, go to Zola.com slash fantasy football again that's zola.com slash fantasy football and you'll receive a 50 dollar credit towards your registry
1: all right now we got the game of the week thursday night new york giants the washington redskins
2: oh yeah game of the week you're Friday. Right. <laughs> the well they beat the chiefs chiefs and the broncos way to go afc west congrats yep. Wow. All right. Well, listen, there was crazy wind going on. I don't know. Uh, The only person that I would definitely go back to, and I'm sorry for everybody that played him, but by the way, it was a horrible week for tight ends. Horrible for the top tight ends. Really bad. Really bad. Evan Ingram was bad. I get it. I'm not even going to go into it. It was terrible wins, like we said. Um, But listen, last week was only the second time all year that he had fewer than four catches. Washington gives up the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. The weather should be fine. It is only going to be 46, but it's going to be sunny, no wind, you're fine. Also, I'm digging my guy Orleans Darqua again, you guys, yep. this guy's actually a steady Eddie. He's not flashy, he's not going to get you a 25 point game, but well, man, he's pretty decent. He's a decent he running back, and this year I'll take it. I will take decent. On um, 74 yards at a touchdown against the Chiefs, Washington gives up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Go with it. Uh, he was a question, or he was on the injury report and, and limited because of a hamstring. He's not on the injury report anymore, so don't worry about that. It's over. You're good. It's more like maintenance. That's fine. Um, who was the highest scoring wide receiver on the New York Giants in Week 11,
1: you guys? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no one I know. Roger Lewis.
2: I to say it was it even mm-hmm. a receiver mm-hmm. caught three of his four targets for 55 yards. Sterling Shepard became a de facto number one once Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall went out. But he has been dealing with these migraines. He's still questionable. I don't feel good about this migraine situation. That's what held him out last week. I'm incredibly concerned. I really hope it's not involved with concussions. It's all very scary to me. But uh, as <laughs> Botox, of right now. Botox. Yeah, actually, exactly. That's how we came up with Botox, everyone. It was originally for headaches. Go get it.
0: Well, I think it was originally for sweating. Well, see, lots of uses. Lots, lots of, uses, of uses. Lots of uses, but may against, uh, maybe against maybe a banned substance. Exactly. Tavares
2: King is the other wide receiver on this team, if you need to know that. And uh, Washington allows the 13 fewest, though, points to wide receivers, so I don't love anyone. Eli Manning scores zero touchdowns again in Week 11. It's a good matchup, uh, but even when he wins games, he doesn't score fantasy points, so I don't feel good about him. Uh, I'm begging the Giants to not have Shane Vereen throw another pass in high wins. What was that all about? <laughs> so well, Such bad, bad decision-making. So, so dumb. Bad. It was so Giants. Anyway, uh, it's over. Don't start the kicker defense.
1: All right, Washington suffered a huge loss last week. Chris Thompson was placed on i r after breaking his right fibula last week. They also placed Terrell Pryor on i r after he underwent surgery on his ankle. This is after placing their other running back Rob Kelly on i r the week before Jordan Reed is still questionable um but it doesn't look good since he hasn't practiced all week so Washington is um suffering suffering. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about the people that are actually playing. Kirk Cousins has had back-to-back great games. This is a fantastic matchup. Five out of the last seven quarterbacks playing the Giants have had 20 or more fantasy points, so you can start him. Vernon Davis had another solid game, but nothing great. But as we said, for tight ends, it was solid. This you know, this has to be a week he's going to get double digits, either with a touchdown or possibly even with 100 yards receiving. Giants give up the absolute most fantasy points to tight ends. So I think Davis is going to do very well. We just talked about him for a second, but small P. Ryan is the leading back for Washington. And Ashley said, so now Byron Marshall, that's the receiving back, is probably going to get more fantasy points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just saying there's a chance because okay. they, they don't follow logic. But,
1: yeah, no, they don't. But P. Ryan did very well last week with 117 yards rushing and a touchdown. If I owned him, I would start him this week, you guys. I like P. Ryan a lot. Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxon, and Ryan Grant, in that order, are all great flex options this week. Crowder has had 19 targets in the last two games and 14 targets for Dachson. They both have the opportunity to do well against the Giants. Just the hard part is, is they're not producing that well in standard leagues. And PPR, I love them. In standard, eh, they're okay. They're good enough flex, in my opinion. Washington's defense just because, hey, It's the Giants, so you can start the Redskins' defense if you need them. Absolutely. All right, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Fitzpatrick did pretty well last week. 275 yards passing with two touchdowns and no interceptions. Four out of the last five quarterbacks have had 18 or more fantasy points against Atlanta. That's including Russell Wilson, who had over 30 fantasy points last week against the Falcons. So Fitzpatrick, I think, is a very great streaming option. This week, Mike Evans is always a must-start. I will say that this is a tough matchup. Atlanta gives up the fifth fewest fantasy points wide receivers. In fact, if it wasn't for that last-minute touchdown from Baldwin last week, um, they haven't had given up double digits performance to a wide receiver in the last three games. So, of course, you're starting Evans, but I would really think about putting think about it before putting Deshaun Jackson in my lineup. Let's say. but you can't bench up ends. I keep thinking it's going to be the week for Doug Martin, um, but he just can't do much. It's so sad. He rushed 19 times last week for 38 yards. That is two yards a carry. With this tough matchup, I would try not to start him. Only one running back has had more than six fantasy points since week seven in standard leagues. So this is going to be tough regardless, even if he was, like, on a hot streak right now, which he's not. I am not starting Cameron Bright either. He has only had one reception in each of his last three games. Atlanta gives it the 10th fewest fantasy points tight ends. I know Howard had a big game last week, But don't forget, Howard didn't have a catch the week before and had negative points the week before that. So it might seem sexy to you, but it might be a complete bust where you actually might be losing points or get absolutely no points starting him. So I would definitely find a better tight end option than going for the number two tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucs defense, obviously, are on the bench. Brandon the yes.
2: top They should be on the bench, period. But they have to put someone out there. I heard that's those are the rules. Yeah, those are the
1: rules. Brutal. Okay, uh, let me tell
2: you this. Uh, Julio Jones has seven hundred and eighty-six receiving yards over the course of ten games. It's tied with Brandon Cooks for the fourth most among tight ends or uh, among wide receivers, and uh, he is the only wide receiver with more than five hundred yards on the season with only one touchdown crazy nice amazing job. stuff to play him though a lot of volume sorry uh matt ryan's meh but the bucks give up the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks and they're so bad that i don't know if i can tell you to bench him i should probably because he's meh every week but gosh how do you do that i i don't i don't think i can so there you go um however i will say that Devonte freeman is still in concussion protocol doesn't look good. Uh, Coleman, even against the Seattle Seahawks, was pretty decent last week. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye on him. He did score a rushing touchdown. Uh, and I, I think that he's even a flex even if Freeman is playing and the Bucs give up the 14th most fantasy points to opposing running backs and standard, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, another elite flex option, frankly, is Mohamed Sanu, because that guy's been scoring touchdowns. I mean, Julio Jones can't score one to save his life, uh, but you know what? I, there was Sanu, another touchdown last week. I, you know, he has a touchdown in three of his last four games, and I just think this is to tick everyone off that it has Julio Jones on their team. Matt Bryant, yes, Matt on the defense. I think Fitzpatrick. You guys, do you know that Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston have the same number of wins this season as starting quarterbacks? Do they
0: really? Oh, Fitz magic. Fitzpatrick I love
2: has only technically started two games and he's won both. Yes. Uh, it's a bad matchup for Austin Hooper, <laughs> and he was eh, last week. He caught both of his targets, but it was for negative one yards. I just—he's so boomer bust. I don't know what to tell you guys other than um, this is no, also a terrible matchup. Yeah, and then uh, I don't think Taylor Gabriel is a sleeper this week, FYI.
1: All right, we got the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals. Game do of we. the week. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. Monday Night Football is really good, but this one's, this one's close. This one's
2: Did close. I tell you that that Jaguars-Cleveland game would be unwatchable?
0: Yeah. yeah. It, was. <laughs> it was. pretty bad. It, <laughs> it was, was pretty, pretty bad. bad. And Burry right. didn't do what I need him to do.
2: However, uh. another trivia question for you. Which NFL team allows the absolute fewest yards – Uh, per carry in the National Football League.
0: I'm going to go out and guess the Browns. The
2: Bengals. It
0: is the Browns. The
2: Browns. They only allow 3.1 yards per carry on average. The second is tied between the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. So there is some hope. For this horrible season. That
0: rounds. is more than Adrian Peterson's average the last four games. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm. Oh, stroke mm. my beard. Mm.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not so sad about losing him, right, Courtney? <laughs> maybe I should drop him again so he can play really well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you maybe. Should. You absolutely should. All right. So Deshaun Kaiser is going to be the quarterback supposedly the rest of the season. That's what they've announced. How brave. It's not like he did this in the preseason or anything and totally lied to us, Hugh Jackson. Also, what he said is that he's so excited to have Josh Gordon back. Gordon's back at practice. He won't be back until week 13 at the earliest. Um, he actually said, quote, um, it's uh, like Christmas. He's a new toy. I know what's in that box, but I just want to see how good it is. Sounds like Courtney. Courtney used to try to sneak into those Christmas presents. When we were
0: kids. She always snuck into Christmas always. gifts. So, Courtney hates um, surprises. Hates
2: meanwhile, them. Corey Coleman's the real Christmas gift that's giving early. Uh, he caught six of his 11 targets for 80 yards last week. So what's in that box, Hugh? Am I right? Am I right? He's not as excited about, about that box. Now that box is not as key. that that one has yeah. qu- 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 Paltrow's head in it.
0: It had worse wrapping under the tree. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You good. just do a seven reference. I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I thought like, you could just skip over the fact that you just. <laughs> did I, you know was that. You I didn't want to bring it box. What's in the box?
2: In the box? in the box? Yeah. Oh my gosh! That was like Howard most Bender disturbing one. scenes
0: of uh, my childhood. Kevin's that
2: that's what Brad Pitt he of Corey <laughs> Sad. Okay, so sleepers. I'm I'm back on Duke Johnson as a flex. You guys caught four of his six targets for 56 yards and a touchdown last week. He's so good, but he's brown. I don't know what to say about that. Isaiah Crowell back to being Isaiah Crowell. Everybody 11 times for uh, 18 yards last week is how he carried the ball. Yowza! No kicker or defense, obviously.
1: All right, Cincinnati Bagels. Another great streamer for Week 12 is Andy Dalton. Cleveland gives up the 11th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And a huge part of that is when Andy Dalton scores over 28 fantasy points against them in Week 4. So he's already done it once this year. I think he could do well again this this year. Um you were of course starting AJ Green. He had five receptions for sixty three yards and a touchdown last time they met. Dalton got a lot of his fantasy points connected with tight end Tyler Croft yeah. for six receptions, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. So that was his best game this the by far um, for Croft, but um, he still is a must start. So I think he's going to do well against Cleveland again. You can start the Cincinnati's defense. Come on. We all know that already. Joe Mixon had his breakout game last week, rushing 20 times for 49 yards. Period. Ah, well done. Unbelievable. Uh, We didn't think he'd be this bad if he got the touches, right?
2: I mean, we just didn't think he'd get the touches, but this is epic. It's epic. It's epic. It's
1: pretty bad. bad. I will say that four running backs in the last three games have had double digits against the Browns, and three of them had 52 yards or less rushing, which is good news for Mixon, seeing how he's only rushed over 52 yards once this year. So he will need a touchdown to be fantasy relevant, but so do a lot of – running backs let's be honest so this is kind of right up his mojo he's going to get that early touchdown right in the first half and you're all excited because he's got like 20 yards and a touchdown Woohoo. then he only gets another 20 yards the rest of the game but that's okay that's enough to be in if your he, lineup if he gets the touchdown yes
0: but he's been doing that pretty well. i will say this because i rag on him a lot this is a coaching issue in my opinion it's not a talent issue it's an offensive line issue and a coaching issue. So let's but hope for better next year. that's not going to change. It won't so. change this year for like, Joe Mixon owners. No, I'm just yeah. saying let's hope better for next year.
1: All right. Know. Well, you're not going to start the kicker, and we're moving on to the next game of the week. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Man, there's so many good matchups this week. My mind is blown. Woo! My mind is blown. <laughs> Woo! It's like, where have all the good teams gone? <laughs> 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 They're gone. They'll exist. Uh, you can start Ryan. suck up. You're welcome. There it is. That's the guy. That's the one you're starting. No quarterback has had over 18 fantasy points against the Colts in the last five weeks, including Marcus Mariota in week six. In fact, Mariota has only had one game over 18 fantasy points this year. He would have had over 18 fantasy points last week if he hadn't thrown for four interceptions. Hello. I know on paper this looks Mm. like a good start, but to me it is still a scary play. Ah, Marcus Mariota not what we thought he was going to be. Both Murray and Henry did very well last the last time they played the Colts, but they will need to get close to the end zone because that is the only way that they're going to get fantasy points because it's not going to be through yards. Henry has only had 60 or more yards rushing twice this year, and Murray's only had done it once. So I think they both can get touchdowns this week, but that's the that's how they're going to get their fantasy points is through touchdowns, not yardage. Rashard Matthews appears to have his groove back, getting two touchdowns in the last three game three weeks and over 200 yards. So I like him again this week. But I will say that the Colts typically give up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver two or three. So I'm okay if you want to take a flyer in leagues on Corey Davis, who has had 17 targets in the last two games. I don't think that's a bad call this week, and he could be the one that actually um, comes comes out on top. Um, Delaney Walker hasn't had a touchdown all season, but he is the seventh highest scoring touchdown in standard leagues. (laughs) Hello? Tight ends are awful. They're the worst. He is third in both receptions and yards. So... Put him in your lineup, especially PPR. Delaney Walker is a must start. Tennessee Titans defense is on the bench, even though they're playing the Colts. It's not bad. It's not bad. Again, we have to have him on the field. It's just part of the rules. Yeah. All right, Brandon, the Colts.
2: Uh, Jacoby Brissett is still in concussion protocol, but he is practicing. I think this is kind of the Philip Rivers situation where that's a good sign that he's going to play. Um, I don't hate him in this matchup. I don't either. I think if you're streaming... I do not hate Jacoby Brissett. And I think that is bold. (laughs) So there you go. Titans give up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Obviously, we saw Big Ben do well uh, at home finally, uh, which was nice. But, um, yeah, T.Y. Hilton often plays well in good matchups. So, yeah, I don't know. Tennessee gives up the 5th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. We saw Antonio Brown go bananas last week. So uh, that got me kind of excited. Um, They've allowed 15 touchdowns to opposing wide receivers so far this year. Um, So that's good. Um, He sort of petered out before the bye with only two catches for nine yards against Pittsburgh, Um, but it was kind of a tough matchup. So I'm okay with rolling with Jack Doyle again. He still hasn't had less than five targets since week one, and Tennessee does give up the six fewest points to opposing tight ends, but tight ends are terrible. So I think he's going to get a lot of work. I don't hate it. Um, How many yards does Frank Gore need to do to rush past LaDainian Tomlinson? And have the fifth most rushing yards in the NFL. Forty-five.
0: I'm gonna guess less than hundred.
2: No, but it's 111. Ooh. But he's wow. going to be over Jerome Bettis if he rushes for 89. I think he's gonna hit both of those this year. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's crazy. He's gonna have more That's career crazy. rushing yards than the Tomlinson. That's nuts. He's still Frank a sleeper, though, because he's on the Colts. Uh, but he's actually been pretty decent. So uh, if you just need solid and you got a lot of, you know, boomer bust guys, meh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Moncrief um, scored a touchdown last week before the bye, but, you know, it was only his second of the season, so I don't love him. Um, and he's only had four targets in three games, so <laughs> – it's like, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, and I think they're going to get gore to those rushing titles that I just mentioned, which is why I'm also not going to do Marlon Mack. But again, if you're in dynasty, he'll be fine in the future.
1: Awesome. All right. Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, Ashley. So let's start with that delightful quarterback
0: situation because, well, we have to, we have to start with this. So <laughs> Nathan Peterman, uh, as we discussed uh last week at the start with the team feeling he gave them the best chance to win. And we were on our Sirius XM show, and I think we talked about it then. I don't know if we were on air or, or talking off it, but it was about how the coach – I think we were on air for it. The coach basically says, hey, this is – we see them every day in practice, and we know. And Tyrod Taylor is historically not a great practice quarterback, and he always goes out and he does better in the game than he does in practice. So I find this really interesting that, um, again, he gave them the best chance to win. Really? Because as Brandon mentioned, he was pulled at halftime after completing six of 14 passes for only 66 yards and a whopping five interceptions. Five. Uh, to give you some perspective here, it took Peterman only nine pass attempts to throw four of those five picks. Nine attempts and he had four picks. That is insane. Taylor had thrown for just three interceptions all season long on 254 pass attempts. But again, Nathan Peterman gives them the best chance to win here, guys. Now, Taylor came in (laughs) in the second half when it was already 40-7 to and completed 15-25 to passes for 158 yards and one touchdown. He ran for a two-yard score as well. He did lose a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. But regardless of that, that was still far better than what Nathan Peterman did. In fairness to what Brandon said, what a horrible game to throw this guy in on with a very tough defense. It was just it was just bad coaching, bad decision making all around. Now, with that said, Taylor has been named the starter for week 12. That was happened that happened today. So, because it would be laughable to not start Taylor at this point, but it's the Bills. So I don't I don't know what to say. What I can say is Taylor, I would like to personally apologize to you for the crap that you have to endure playing for the Buffalo bills and bills fans. I'm also looking at you because we have heard the bills fans also do not like Tyrod Taylor. And this is part of the reason. And it's ridiculous. We've seen it here in Denver when it came to Tim Tebow of fans actually swaying coaching decisions. Although I will not place blame on the fans for that because that's coaching, but pull it together guys. Don't be asking for Nathan Peterman. He's not ready. He's not your guy. Okay. Now, Taylor has a great matchup and could score over 20 points this week. He could, uh, but he should be a good streaming option, but I just don't know where his head is at this point. I'd like to think that he's a pro and can go out there and still perform, but I mean, how much can the guy, you put the guy through at this point, you know, I just his don't know. His head's in Denver. I hope so. Me
2: too. <laughs> that would be
0: great. if His head was in Denver, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the poor guy, his right? His heart so, is. Yeah. He's wishing for it. Um, so he does have a good matchup. You could stream Tyrod Taylor, but it's risky because again, we don't know what's going to happen. This is the Bills organization, and they don't make good decisions. So it could he could throw one interception and they could throw Nathan Peterman back in. I literally we can't tell you They're It's a crazy situation. So with that said, my sleepers are excuse me and Leshawn McCoy is obviously a starter. He had 114 yards and a touchdown and a catch for 12 yards with a touchdown on top of that. Um, is expect we expected that they were gonna heavily rely on McCoy, especially Nathan Peterman, and they certainly did. I think that will be this week will be no different. He is your only starter. Sleepers, Charles Clay, he got three or four targets for 27 yards. So that was not great. But he did have a touchdown that was overturned due to a penalty. So we were kind of seeing at least some of that targets that you were gonna get prior to him being injured. He has a really bad matchup. But I think he is worth a shot, especially with Kelvin Benjamin, if he doesn't play. He is still, you know, day to day. So Charles Clay, I think, is someone that you could certainly play. Zay Jones is also interesting to me this week. He caught four of seven targets for 68 yards, and he was the top receiver with Benjamin leaving the game and with Matthews being inactive. I don't know how you can't be with the other two receivers starting. But he at least did okay. He's a risky play, but both Matthews and Calvin Benjamin's status is still up in the air. So you can play him if neither of them play because that automatically slow- puts him into the wide receiver one position. Um, Calvin Benjamin, as I said, he did avoid the ACL damage, so that's good news. But check your reports um, come Sunday because um, it's not good as of right now. He's not practicing.
1: All right, the Chiefs.
2: Well, the biggest news for the Chiefs is that today they signed Darrell Revis. Now, I know his defense is a cornerback, but that's fascinating to me. We don't know how in shape he is, although Andy Reid said he might start this weekend. Yes. The whole thing is kind of mind-blowing. And it's a holiday. I, I don't know what's going on. but I'm waiting for Megatron. Oh, bring it back. Bring it oh back. Bring it
1: back. Bring it back. We it's love so you so much.
2: We miss you so much. Um, I was actually uh, on uh, the Colton and the Wolf Band show last night for uh, SiriusXM, and they brought up Larry Fitzgerald, and I got kind of verklempt thinking about him not being in the league anymore.
0: Yeah, that's there's certain really people hot. that
2: really affect me. Um, so anyway, I'm going to say this. Uh, Kareem Hunt still leads the league in terms of yards from scrimmage, or not the league, the AFC, I should say, not the NFC, because that is someone else. Um, but, you know, you can't sit him. And I will say that in three of his last four home games, he's had at least 100 total yards, but he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. It's so probably what he's going to do is he's going to get you over 100 yards and not score you a touchdown. Just get comfortable with that. That's who he is now because Andy Reid is also trying to get cute and having Travis Kelsey throw in the wind to throw an interception. People and bad coaching decisions drive me crazy. Okay. It's not usually Andy Reid's MO. Surprising. Well, unless it's a big game and then he just, his mind goes but um, okay. So I'm going to go back to the Alex Smith. Well, I think he's going to score about 18 fantasy points this week against the bills. The bills are just kind of depressed because their 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 coach has gone rogue. They've been messing with their quarterback situation. I just think the whole team is kind of imploded and they put them in bad positions uh, in terms of, of, of field positions. So I, I just think that they're going to be fine. Travis Kelsey did catch eight of his 14 targets for 109 yards in week 11 against the giants, but that was still was a disappointment because he was like the first tight end ever to not score a touchdown against against the Giants. So, I mean, even that was disappointing. So, um, it was a little bit downtrodden. Uh, Tyreek Hill caught all seven of his targets for 68 yards. But, man, I I, I just... They're going to have to use other people, which speaking of, Albert Wilson is um, questionable with a hamstring. This is his first time practicing. He is practicing for the first time since week eight. So hopefully he gets back. I know he's not super flashy, but every once in a while, he just gets enough yards to get the defenders a little bit off of Tyreek Hill. I think that'll help a lot. Um, So overall, though, I think this is going to be a good game for the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, I just think the Bills are kind of imploding, and I think that Chiefs stadium is, is a nice boon.
1: You know who I'm gonna be sad once they're done with the league, Matt Castle. It's always like a Where's Waldo? <laughs> no, Where's Waldo? That's every true. year? oh yeah, like where is he? Yeah, you're like, yeah. you don't even where know where is. he is until week five, and all of a sudden he's in. Right, he's in. And you're like, oh my god, he's on what team? You don't even know. It's amazing. I I'm gonna miss that. I miss that the Josh town of our time. McCallen, yeah, or Fitzy. Well, McCowan's actually like the starter and successful, and Matt Castle I think is like more of like a hassle back.
2: Well, he was okay. starter. Oh, oh, the young, the younger Hasselbeck, yeah, just, yeah. Not the older one that was the Seattle starter, right? No.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Anyways, mm, surprise. Back Miami up, Dolphin at the New England Patriots.
0: I think this could be a really interesting game. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, is yeah. giving me a look like she does. She disagrees. Um, I've, I don't hey, know.
2: I the- I am intrigued.
0: The Dolphins going. always give the Patriots a run for their money. It's true. They do. You know, I and, and and the Patriots have a bad defense this year, which is a rarity in the last like decade. So um it's it's this is an interesting matchup for me. I think this one could be actually an interesting game to watch. I will say that. But starting, you're starting Jarvis Landry. He caught 6 of 11 for 95 yards and a touchdown. And he seems to be able to succeed now regardless of what quarterback is in and is the starter each week. We were struggling a little bit. Uh, I think it was week like 7 and 8 was when Matt Moore played, I want to say. He didn't do super great. He actually did. He does great in the games where Matt Moore comes in halfway through the game, and then he's okay. And then the next week you're like, ooh, what happened? But I think – He's going to be okay. The Patriots have the fourth most points to wide out, So this, you know, will help with the possible bumpy waters with Moore. I think we're going to be okay this week. Uh, Devontae Parker, he did not have the game that we were accustomed to, you know, catching only four of nine targets for a measly 26 yards. Uh, he just doesn't seem to have the chemistry with Moore. And Moore seems to have that with stills. And so I think that's the problem is that stills and Devonte Parker are both big play vertical threats. And I think that more just has better chemistry with stills than he does with Parker. And so I I'm still, because it's a good matchup, I'm okay with you playing Parker in a flex, but to be honest with you, Kenny stills, I think is a more solid flex option as he does really good. He does really well in good matchups. And then he's caught seven of eight last week for 180 yards and a touchdown. And still, as I said, is Moore's guy. So, So much so that he caught three of Moore's four touchdowns this season. Three of the four that Moore has gone has gone to Kenny Stills. So he is a really good flex option. I would maybe even say okay for a wide receiver, too. So something to think about. Um, Sleepers, after having two solid weeks with no fewer than 90 yards, Kenyon Drake really stunk it up last week. I mean, he did. Not gonna lie to you. He rushed seven times for four yards. Ouch. And then one catch for 10 yards. He may have been in more snaps than Damian Williams, but Williams had more touches than Drake, um, and therefore, and Drake's touches have been trending down. So I don't love that. Damian Williams rushed 10 times for 78 yards and caught one pass for 24. But I want to point out that 69 yards of the 78 was on one play. Um, so, again, do what you want. To me, we're just seeing a little bit of back and forth here. I don't – so, I, I mean – Flex at best. Don't put them in an RB two. That's just you. Just don't know which one is actually going to hit this week. Uh, it is a really good matchup for running backs. So again, you don't know which ones. So I'm okay with the flex, just because of the matchup. But again, with that, you know, at your own risk. And Jake Cutler, he is in concussion protocol. So the decision they are going to make a decision closer to game day. Uh, Matt Moore, you know, he was 17 of 20 for 282 yards and a touchdown. So you could argue that the production is better with more than Cutler. I don't think it's even really an argument when you look at stats. For the most part, so let's hope it's more. Uh, but it could be Cutler, so definitely check check before you put anyone in.
1: All right, the Patriots. Oh
2: man, I'm so glad that her fantasy football was like the only place where someone would tell you that the Raiders were going to get their ass kicked by the Patriots. And after the fact, doesn't that sound like a weird sentence? Like, how are we the only people that called that? That's really weird. So, yeah, they've kicked their butts. So Rob Gronkowski Mm -hmm. had a disappointing game, but you're going to go back to him. Um, There's no doubt about it. Miami gives up the six most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, so just get over it. It's expected that Chris Hogan is not going to play again, you guys. Still not practicing. It's really unfortunate. So... um, Keep him in your thoughts. He has a shoulder injury sidelined at Wednesday's practice. Also questionable is Danny Amendola, but they think that he's going to practice. He was just limited with that knee injury. I think they just kind of keep him limited all season because he's Danny Amendola and he'll get out there. Uh, He did catch eight of his nine passes for 66 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, This week, you know, he's playing against Miami. And as Ashley said, they do play them a little bit tougher. So, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of, you know, a hit or miss. They just weren't really going to Gronk, and it was just kind of a weird game. I will say this. Brandon Cooks has been pretty darn decent. Um, I think that you just can't ignore someone who has 149 yards on touchdown last week, 74 the week before. But the problem is, the week before that, he caught five passes for 26 yards. Sometimes that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen against Miami, though. I think it's somewhere between 70 and 90 yards. May or may not have a touchdown. So I'm going with him. And it seems to me that it's pretty clear that Deion Lewis, again, is the main running back for the New England Patriots. Um, I think they are going to run it against... Miami. I think they're going to use him. He's a ground-to-pound guy. He's not the pass-catching guy. That's fine. That's kind of Rex Burkhead now. It seems like he's taking more from James White, but I'm still not into Burkhead or White, personally. They're still too New England-y for me. If you have to go to the Patriots, you have to go with Deion Lewis. Tom Brady has the most uh, passing yards in the league right now, and before you yawn and say, yeah, duh, actually, I'm surprised it's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is fourth. This is weird. Brady usually is not leading the league in passing yards. That's not a normal statement. So uh, I did want to say that, but he's definitely a must start as well. Uh, And I start their defense even uh, in this particular instance uh, because they're playing against two guys that, you know,
1: turnovers can happen. So I'm, I'm playing their defense and their kicker. All right. Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets. All right. Newton had the best game of his 2017 season with 254 yards, four touchdowns, another 95 yards rushing. Amazing. He led his team to an impressive 45-21 win over Miami. He is on the up and up. He now finds himself in the, in the top six quarterbacks in the league for fantasy. Now he faces the Jets, who has only faced one really good quarterback this year. So I think Newton should be just fine, and I'm excited about him. Um, There are a few great things working for McCaffrey this week. First of all, he is coming off his best game in his short NFL career, 23 yards rushing with a touchdown and 27 yards receiving with another touchdown. Secondly, the Jets tend to give up most of their fantasy points to pass-catching backs this all bodes well for Mr. Christian McCaffrey. The Jets haven't given up double-digit points to two running backs on the same team since week one and two. That's not great for Mr. Jonathan Stewart, who isn't a bad flex, but he's had been a little all over the board and only has had one touchdown this year. He has fumbled three times, which is more than any other year he's played in the NFL, but one. He's uh he fumbled one year four times. um, But that, you know, is only in... 10 games. So yeah, he's having a little harder time this year. That's all I'm saying. A little tougher time. Uh, Devin Funchess, there was plenty of fantasy points to go around before Carolina's by Funchess had 92 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had his potential game, right? This is the guy that we've been saying, Oh, I think he could be so good. Well, finally he had that Great game. Um, he did what we all knew he could in this matchup for and this is going to be a great matchup for him. They just have given up this have given up six touchdowns and two receivers in the last four games. So Funches, I think, will find the end zone at least once. I like him. I like the Carolinas defense. Greg Olsen, you guys, is back. At least yes. practice. he says ready to suit up. And I am so excited. I am scared to just slip in, him into my lineup. In fear that he may just be a decoy for the first game or two, but keep an eye on his injury report, guys. It's a great matchup. I love me some Olsen. I am so excited. So excited. As for the Jets, this is going to be a tougher matchup for all of them. Only two tight ends have had more than eight fantasy points against the Panthers, and that is the best matchup for the whole team. So I love this team, but I am trying not to start any of them. Um, Even Robbie Anderson is risky. The ceiling is 11 fantasy points in standard leagues, and the floor is six for receivers against Carolina. That might be good enough for you. And if it is, then play him. He has upside, obviously, because he's been the hot hand. But I'm just saying it's not going to be a game where, you you know – you're, like, amazed by the fact that a Jet wide receiver can score that many fantasy points. Just a quick update. Matt Forte is listed as questionable but is not practicing, so that will most likely lead below Powell and Elijah McGuire to take over again. But the Panthers give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs, so not my favorite play this week. Um, I'm not playing the Jets defense, and I'm not playing the kicker. All right, we got the Chicago Bears, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh,
2: the Bears. Well, let's start with this, too. The Chicago Bears picked up Cairo Santos from the Kansas City Chiefs. They are done with Connor Barth when he missed the game-tying, potentially game-tying field goal with three seconds left on the clock last week. Uh, It was devastating. So they moved on. But Cairo Santos had an 84.8 completion rate for his career. Uh, He did have a hamstring injury, which is why the Chiefs originally cut him. He's fine now. I think he's an interesting grab. Kickers matter if you play with them, people. Kickers matter. Um, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defense is pretty tough, but I still don't think the Bears are going to get closed and shut out. I could be wrong on that, but I just feel like Jordan Howard is a beast because, again, last week – it just happens and I know that the Philadelphia Eagles are really good against the run they give the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs it just doesn't seem to matter about matchups with him though because they give him the ball so often 125 yards and a touchdown last week you just can't argue with that they are starting to use Tariq Cohen again though again you guys double digit points in even standard scoring leagues last week he played his most snaps since back when he was a stud so I think that Tariq Cohen is an interesting pickup here where they're going to try to to mix it up because they're going to have to try to keep philadelphia off their game because they're still going to want to run the ball and that's what they're best at is stopping the run so i think they're going to use Tariq cohen a little bit to get the defense to break up some so um kind of a sixth sense thing here but i'm interested in Tariq cohen Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, whatever. You can't start him. Uh, Dontrell Inman is actually questionable. Um, I didn't realize that he hurt himself during the game, um, but it looks like he uh, is limited at practice. He did get a big 15-yard catch that uh, helped set them up for the field goal, but overall he was disappointing after his 88-yard uh, premiere. He only had 43 yards last week, caught three of his five targets. Um But still, I I, I think that he's an intriguing pick uh, this week. Adam Sheehan is the guy that I want to talk to you about. So we've talked about Adam Sheehan a few times on the show. I brought him up. He's the rookie tight end for the Chicago Bears. And um, he actually had the highest grade out of all the tight ends in uh, week 11 for Pro Football Focus last week. He caught all four of his targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. And by the way, the week before, he caught both of his targets for 39 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. Now, but literally, no quarter or no tight end has ever had a touchdown against Green Bay this season. And actually, the Detroit Lions, Shaheen was only the third tight end all season to score a touchdown. This week, he's going up against Philadelphia. They're kind of middle of the road, but he's actually done pretty well in bad matchups. So I'm intrigued in a horrible tight end year with Adam Sheehan. He's out, if out there, you can too. believe it. And he is out there, only 1% owned in Mm -hmm. Yahoo Leagues. So if you are desperate and you are looking for a flyer this week, you heard him here maybe first, maybe fourth. But we are talking
0: about (laughs) him and other people aren't. So there you go.
1: All right, Ashley, those Eagles, man, the worst team ever.
0: (laughs) Uh, You're playing the defense. For sure, I I don't think they'll be shut out, but I think the Eagles will be able to score plenty of points. Uh, yeah, yeah, from the to. defensive side. So you're playing you're playing them, you're playing Carson Wentz. You are always playing Carson Wentz. Uh, this despite the fact this actually isn't that great of a matchup on paper. The Bears D is is fairly decent. So. Uh, But you're still playing Wentz. You just have to. He's a top-five quarterback right now. You're playing him. Alshon Jeffrey. You also have to play Alshon Jeffrey. He's kept up his connection with Wentz last week, catching four of seven passes for 67 yards and a touchdown. And he has a decent matchup. So this is absolutely a must-start. Zach Ertz, as Brandon mentioned, we've had some of our top quarterbacks, or tight, tight ends that just bombed last week, and he was one of them. He only caught two of five for eight yards. It was terrible. It was, it was bad, but you were still playing him. Uh, he will not be healthy for a week and should be back to his usual form. You're not going to bench Zach Ertz. Uh, but then it went to the running back situation. This is where it gets a little bit more murky. I would say that the Blount and JJ, we should put in your flex roles. Um, some might find that controversial, but Blunt rushed 13 times for 57 yards and his value as a goal line back is still there. The question is, does he have value in your roster? And I would say again, only in the flex position does he have value. Jay he had seven carries. So, It's interesting that JJ should be the lead back, but he had less carries than Blunt. He actually had less carries than Corey Clement as well, which is interesting. So I don't know if it's an an issue of still learning that playbook or what's going on, but right now he's getting the least touches of all the three backs. Now, with that said, he had 91 yards, um, so he's definitely worth a play. But again, even with the snap counts, he's behind Clement and Blunt. So he definitely has upside, but I would view him as an RB2 to a flex. Sleepers, Nelson Aguilar, he only had one catch last week and he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth the past three weeks. But in fairness, what I will say is he did have a touchdown that was overturned last week. So I don't feel like you can play him in your flex without with how he's been trending. Cause I would rather you play Corey Clement who has had 50 or more yards in the past three weeks and has scored the past two weeks. So he could be a decent flex option. And he's also out there for the taking potentially. So Nelson Aguilar just hasn't been trending, you know, he's been trending down and Clements turned it up. So um, he rushed six times for 50 yards and a touchdown last week. So again, things are looking good there bench. This is more news. Jake Elliott is in concussion protocol. Keep your eye on him as Caleb Sturgis is eligible to return from IR this week, which means the Eagles might just straight up drop Elliott because these are kickers. They may just drop him. Not to say that he won't land somewhere because Elliott is a solid kicker. And I'm not saying they are going to drop Elliott, but keep your eye out on, on that.
1: All right. We got the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers.
0: Again, you're playing the Seattle defense against the, the putrid 49ers. That is a for sure. Also, for sure is Russell Wilson. Uh, he had 258 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he had interception and uh, in what was a very brutal loss. And the look on his face when Blair Walsh missed another kick was just, oh, I would not. I wanted to be in that locker room. Why Girl. are they
2: shocked by this though? Remember, he like missed that. He game did that. against the Seahawks. When I he was know a Viking. Like I it's know. so
0: bizarre. Ugh. It's brutal. It's been a couple bad weeks in a row for him. So it's it was bad. Um, but you're starting Russell Wilson because the right around are there. the
1: holidays, and it's already <clears throat> depressing for people.
0: <laughs> it's really it was it was that look. Oof, oof. Um, Doug Baldwin. He had nearly a terrible night. But he ended up uh, with 40 yards and a touchdown, uh, and he just always seems to find a way. He just finds a way to make it happen for you, and it is a good matchup. So I would expect him to do as he always does and probably will still get you a touchdown, even if it's late in the game. He's he's going to put up numbers for you. So you're starting Doug Baldwin. You're also starting Jimmy Graham, 58 yards and a touchdown. Um, and while he doesn't have a great matchup this week on paper, Jimmy Graham is an elite when it comes to tight ends. So you have to play him. Don't get cute. You were playing him sleepers, Paul Richardson, uh, caught five of eight for 56, Tyler Lockett caught four of five for 37. Both are viable flux options because of the matchup, but Richardson is the better play out of the two. I keep telling you this and he keeps putting up bigger numbers. Um, so make sure you were playing P rich over Lockett. I don't understand why I get the Lockett questions over P rich. So don't do it bench. Uh, all of the Seattle running backs, they are still terrible. Uh, this is not news, but the Niners give up the absolute most points to running backs. So it is possible that one of them, and by one of them, that leaves you with the only options at this point of JD McKissick and Eddie Lacey. Yeah, they might be able to do something. Is it worth risking? Absolutely not. But if you felt like doing something crazy or you've got a weird situation, McKissick is the one to play.
1: All right, we got the 49ers. All right, this is not going to be the game the 49ers want coming off their first win and then a bye to have to face Seattle Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) No. Beathard will be the quarterback, even though he was listed as questionable, but he is back. He is doing just fine. George Kittle should be back this week as well, but I am not starting him either. Um, neither one of these guys you're starting. It's not like he has done much this season at all, Mr. Kittle. So you're not going to start him. Trent Taylor is back to practice this week, but it will be Marcus Goodwin as the number one wide receiver. Only play him if you have to, um, but he's definitely your best receiving guy option. Carlos Hyde can be in your lineup. Last time he played the 40, or the Seahawks. Uh, Hyde got 14.3 fantasy points in standard leagues and three running backs in the last four weeks have had double digits against the Seahawks. So Hyde could be a decent play, uh, actually could turn out well for you. So in a really deep league, you can stretch with Mr. Matthew, the backup running back, Burrito, Burrito, whatever you want to call him. Um, he should be okay. Not great, but in deep leagues, okay might be enough for you. Obviously the 49ers defense is on your bench as well as the kicker. No name names necessary. All right. The Denver Broncos of the Oakland Raiders. All right. So we're going to start with
0: news on this one as well. The Broncos fired offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy, uh, and have promoted quarterbacks coach, Bill Musgrave to the offensive coordinator position. Um, I'm going to say McCoy was a little bit of a scapegoat here, but I I literally can't talk about it without ranting, and then it could take the rest of the show, so I won't do that. Uh, What I will say is that Musgrave, you know, he led the Raiders' offense to be a top-10 offense last season. Um, And then in classic form, when someone's doing well, they get rid of them because they felt that they had somebody else in the organization that they could promote, which was Todd Downing. And I think we've seen with the – Raiders offensive done this year, not quite as prolific. Um, But what I will say is that's all good and well, but we don't have Derek Carr at the helm in terms of the Broncos. So I don't see a quick turnaround here, despite the change from McCoy to Musgrave, just throwing that out there. So then where does that bring us to our quarterback situation? Brock Osweiler, Despite not having an incredibly terrible day, uh, he was 23 of 42 passes for 254 yards and a touchdown. He did have an interception, but he also had 24 yards on four carries. So despite that, they have benched him, and Paxton Lynch will be the starter starting quarterback we go, this here week. Here we go! To add to the fun, Trevor Simeon will be the backup, not Brock. Maybe so. I mean, I think we called this. We said that we will see Trevor Simeon within the next. I think we said two to three weeks. I I didn't think it was going to be this week, to be honest with you. But here we are there. I do not believe there will be.
2: We're going to see Paxton Lynch.
0: We're going to see see Trevor Simeon, too. Well, well, we won't No, because I was going to say is Paxton Lynch. This is a done deal. Now that we've got Paxton Lynch in, they're not changing quarterbacks again. So this week I have everybody basically sleepers because we need to reevaluate at this point because now we are on our third quarterback for this team. And we don't know the chemistry that Paxton Lynch is going to have with any of these players. We just aren't. And we have a new offensive coordinator as well. So we don't even, we can't even sit there and say, okay, these are the offensive schemes and the game scripts that they've been doing all season. We don't know because now we have a new coordinator. So this week is just a bit of a cluster. So everybody else is a sleeper. So, Demarius Thomas, he did not have a single catch in the first half, and then he caught five of nine for 64 yards and a touchdown in the second half. He is probably the best option, but, you know, again, we're going off production that we've seen with the other quarterbacks versus Paxton Lynch. Now that we have Lynch, we don't know whether he's going to have that same chemistry, and I don't like the fact that news broke this week in Denver that the Broncos shopped Demarius Thomas at last month's trade deadline and that they may st- look to even move him in this offseason. So I don't like the juju that is put out there. You put that in the mix. I don't love that. So that brings us to Emmanuel Sanders. He could be the guy who Lynch likes best. He's you know he's a bit more of a slot receiver, which tends to lend itself more to Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch is incredibly bad at, at uh, progressing through his options. He really can only do the first read, and then it's, it's done from there. So um, it is possible that they will have a majority of the first reads be Emmanuel Sanders. But what I will say is Manuel Sanders had a huge game two weeks ago, and then he had a terrible game last week with only two catches for 15 yards on eight targets, and he did not practice Wednesday. So that is also bad. So then that brings us to our running backs. The Broncos last week continued to mismanage their running backs, as they've done all season. Um, But we don't know how that will be managed moving forward. C.J. Anderson had 37 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries and then caught two or three targets for 19. But Devontae Pooker actually had more carries. He had 14 carries for 44 yards, and he had five catches for 54 yards off six targets. Uh, so he outtouched Anderson, uh, and then Jamal Charles has continued to see decline in terms of his carries. He only had three carries. So at least we're kind of getting down to a two-headed monster, and I think Musgrave will probably still go between those two, and Jamal Charles will continue to see decline production. Unfortunately, I can't tell you between Booker and Anderson who it's going to be, but this is an easy matchup. So what I can say is you can play both of them in a flex to potentially an RB2 role because it is an easy matchup, and I think that there's going to be enough production for all of them.
1: All right, the Raiders, there's really no good news for if you own anybody for the Oakland Raiders, let's just be honest, not this week especially. Um, I don't really know if there's anything really worth me even diving into, but I'll hit each player for just a second. If you own Carr, you already are sad about life. He has more interceptions and touchdowns in the last three games. Marshawn Lynch is only worth something if he gets a touchdown, and that has only happened three times this year. He only had 12 yards the last time he played Denver. No bueno. We all know how scary it is to Mm -hmm. put Cooper in your lineup. We've been there every week, every week. He does see plenty of targets, though. Unfortunately, that doesn't translate if you don't play in PPR. Now, if you do play in PPR, you're okay to still play him. Same with Crabtree, but... It's just not getting you the yards and a touchdown or a touchdown. And, you know, it's just, there's nothing happening enough in standard leagues to put them in yet. Jared Cook could get you seven fantasy points at the last three touch tight ends um, to play the Broncos. So that's good news because seven points for a yeah. tight end is amazing. We'd all take that. So you can play Cook, but that's all. It's really all, you guys. The kickers, maybe defense. No. no, that's even against the Broncos. Paxton Lynch saying something. They're no good. <laughs>
0: that is saying
1: might, something. This might be game of the week too. There's so many games of the week this week. It's this what the title should be for week 12 game of the week. The whole matchup. Ew, ew. All right. Well, this one actually might be good. The New Orleans Saints to the Los Angeles Rams. So you're playing the defense, uh, despite
0: the fact that this is the best offense in football. I, you know, the, the saints defense has been good. So I think they're gonna be able to put up some production there. So I think you can play them. Um, and after my rant about drew Brees last week, and I realized it was a rant, so I'm sorry for everybody <laughs> last week, but he went out there and was classic breeze complained 29 of 41 pass attempts for 385 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. He had an interception, but I don't care. Uh, he does have a tough matchup against the Rams, but you just can't bench Brees. Not at this point of the season. You can't do it. So nope. um, you're playing him. You also do not benchmark Ingram, who continues to tear it up. Oh, my gosh. You are happy if you, Mark Ingram owner. Uh, he rushed 11 times for 134 yards and a touchdown last week, and he had three catches for an additional 21 yards. Uh, his matchup this week is pure gold. The Rams give up the third most points to running backs. I love him this week. Like, love Ingram this week. And I love Alvin Kamara as well. You know, they're the best duo in the NFL right now. I don't think it's even a debate between running backs. They are by far the best committee and I'm a committee. They both just have solid roles on this team. You know, Kamara rushed eight times for 42 yards and had six catches for 75. So not only is he a start in PPR, like we said, he is always a start in standard each week as well. He's not just a PPR play. You were playing him in standard. Now, Michael Thomas caught 6 of 11 targets for 91 yards, and he's now had over 90 yards in back-to-back weeks. So that is good news for Michael Thomas owners. No, you still have not gotten your touchdown. I can't help you with that. But he at least is getting you 90 yards. So... We're ticking up, guys. This, this is this is good news. I'd say he's a low-end wide receiver one to a wide receiver two despite the tough matchup because it is actually a tough matchup this week. But I think you can play him. You can also play Will Lutz, the kicker. He's the third-highest kicker, uh, scoring kicker this season. You are playing him. He is fantastic. Sleepers, Ted Ginn. He bounced back last week catching six of six targets for 87 yards. Now, as I mentioned with Michael Thomas, it is not an easy matchup. With the Rams giving up the seventh fewest points to wideouts, but with his floor of targets being around five, there are far worse flex options out there. So I think he's a decent flex. What I will say is you're still benching Kobe Fleener, despite the fact that he would caught five, all five of his targets for 91 yards. Fleener just hasn't been consistent in any way, shape, or form, and I just don't think you can risk him. There's there's better options out there than Fleener this week.
1: All right, let's talk about Rams. Rams. Oh
2: man, do we
1: sad have news. to? I know. Do we have
2: to do this? Okay. Well, you everyone to deal- has to
1: take their turn in the sad news.
2: I know. I know. And the That's Rams, true. this is their week. Mm-hmm. Uh so Robert Woods is out and he might be out for a couple weeks, quote unquote. That's from Sean McVay, the yeah. coach. Uh he suffered a shoulder injury. So now we're left with Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup. So Sammy Watkins caught three of his um four pass or four targets for thirty six yards last week and Cooper Cup caught six of his seven targets with sixty four yards. Unfortunately he also lost a fumble. And that's when the the team there the game was seven seven. But that fumble kind of changed the momentum of the game and like everyone stunk it up after that so uh, i'm not quite sure what to say about that um so here's the deal Uh, you have to start uh todd Gurley, who has the absolute most total yards from scrimmage and the most total touchdowns out of anyone in the national football league and he did score a touchdown last week thank goodness because everything went downhill from there um there's only one wide receiver in the league this is kind of funny who has three fumbles uh lost fumbles guess who it is say one more time what was the question one wide receiver has three lost fumbles on the season. Guess who it is?
0: Tavon Austin. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Okay. Really? Tavon oh.
2: Austin. And he has it on only 12 targets. I was say, he's barely even productive. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, but Cooper Cup's right up there. So that's the problem is that when things don't go well, then like the kind of everything kind of crumbles. So I've told you guys this before, but I thought that maybe he could break it um, going over to Minnesota. But, you know, golf really is a, a uh, matchup play. He's a perfect streamer. When he's in a good matchup, he does great. When he's in a bad matchup, he does not. And last week was a good example of that. This is not a great matchup. So I think he's going to be pretty mediocre. It's not a terrible matchup like Minnesota. So I think he'll maybe be like. 13 to 16 points, but I don't think he's going to be crazy town. Uh, and I'm going to go with you know, with you decide between Watkins and Cup and just kind of, you know, toss a coin up in the air. You're probably going to be as accurate as anybody else. And, you know, that's about it for them. I'm not going to start the defense either in this particular instance. I know that they're at home and that, you know, New Orleans is traveling. There's a possibility that Drew Brees doesn't do well, but man, I just, it makes me sick to my stomach. I am still starting Greg
1: Zerlin.
0: There you Oops. go. Always,
1: always. Always. He's all right, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Arizona Cardinals.
0: You are also always starting the Jacksonville defense. That is also an always situation along with Greg Zirline. Uh Leonard Fournette, he rushed 28 times for 111 yards, and he had two catches for seven yards. I'll be the first to say I was very nervous for Fournette going into this game because of the fact that he hadn't played well in three games, essentially hadn't played really in three games. And then he was injured when he did play the last, not last week, but two weeks prior to that and had to come out in the third quarter. But You know what? He did okay. Fournette said that his ankle could bother him the rest of the season. But it seems it could be, you know, it wasn't an issue last week. So we will have to operate as if he's good to go until we see otherwise. So he is a must start, despite the fact that you're going to see him be limited in practice, perhaps the rest of the season, and we're just going to have to get used to that. It's going to be the new normal with Leonard Fournette. Marquise Lee caught five of nine targets for 45 yards last week. And this is pretty much his floor. He is a great matchup this week. So I think he's a great flex play. I think, you know, if that is nine targets and 45 yards is a floor for a receiver, I think that's a good option. So I think you can play him. Um, I have no sleepers. Bench, Yeldon and Ivory are not getting enough touches to consider them, even for flexes at this point. And Keelan Cole is listed as the starter over D.D. Westbrook with Hearns out. Uh, But both were targeted six times and both caught three balls. Cole was for 24 yards. Westbrook was for 35 yards. You're not playing either of them, but just something to note with Hearn's out and looking, you know, and not looking feasible for Week 12 um, in terms of how this is going to play out for Bortles. On to the Cardinals, Larry. Who? Larry was Larry. Thank God he caught nine of ten targets for 91 yards and a touchdown, and didn't seem to miss a beat with Blaine Gabbert at the helm. You know, the Jags give up the absolute fewest points to wide receivers, as well as the absolute fewest points to quarterbacks. So this is not going to be magic in the making this week. But, you know, if you can start another option, I think you you should. But, again, it's Larry, and he's a decent flex option. And Larry seems to always be able to find a way. So I think he's a really, really solid flex to a really low-end wide receiver, too, just because they're playing the Jags. Not because of Larry, not because of Blaine Gabbert. It's purely because they're playing the Jags. Now, sleepers... Ricky Seals Jones, you know that guy, right? (laughs) Yeah, none other than Ricky (laughs) Seals Jones. Ricky Seals Jones. Great (laughs) name. Great name. It is a great name. He's an undrafted rookie wide receiver converted to a tight end uh, on the Cardinals, who caught three of his five targets for 54 yards and had two touchdowns. Yeah. That Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, But you know what? Blaine Gabbert might feel comfortable with him since they would have been practicing together all year because Blaine Gabbert was the third string quarterback. Ricky Seals Jones wasn't exactly getting practice with the ones, so it's a really it's the best matchup of all the receivers in terms of wide receivers and tight ends. So there's a chance that he could score again this week. I'm actually okay with you taking a potential flyer on Ricky Seals Jones. I'm just saying, I think I think there's a possibility there, so I'm okay with it. Bench, yes, Adrian Peterson. I am pulling him officially on the bench, not even in sleeper status. He's back to sucking. Sucking. I've, I've said it. And he rushed 14 times and was only able to get 26 yards and caught his only target for 13 yards. 14 times for just 26. He is averaging less than three yards to carry the past four games. And then you got him playing against the Jags. I absolutely hate him this week. Do not play Adrian Peterson, period not in your flex do not do it the only place just you can possibly do it you are crazy <laughs> you are crazy do not do it don't do it Courtney. come on he's in i want you to win don't he's do it, it to yourself way. anyway um john <laughs> john brown has been uh diagnosed with turf toe and uh He's, you know, coach said he could miss some time. Turf toe is one of those injuries that doesn't sound bad, major, but it is. It is actually very major. Turf toe is bad. So what does this actually mean? It means that Chad Williams will now get a shot at playing. Don't don't go there, um, and play Chad Williams if you own John John Brown and you should not be owning John Brown at this point. You can go ahead and drop him because of this turf toe injury. And then Blaine Gabbert, um, you know, he actually did pretty well. He twenty two of thirty four for two hundred fifty seven yards, three touchdowns. Two interceptions, but, you know, okay. But this is a bad matchup, so you're not playing him this week. Don't even attempt it. All right, we got the Green Bay Packers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, we do.
2: Okay, well, the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of more like drama news than actual football news, which is just sad because last week was the first time the season that they scored zero points as a team, not fantasy team. Um, Ty Montgomery still not practicing, by the way, due to that rib injury. I don't think you should expect him back. Even if he does come back, I think it'll be an unlimited snap count. Um, Also, Aaron Jones, again, is going to be out for a few weeks, uh, spreading MCL. But uh, here's the other thing. Uh, The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Michael Cohen reported that uh, Jones was arrested for speeding, driving without a valid driver's license, and operating a vehicle with a controlled substance in his system back in October.
0: Weed
2: cocaine controlled i don't know anyway uh coach mccarthy said that he spoke to aaron after the incident and that he made a mistake Uh uh-huh okay um he has admitted to smoking marijuana three hours before being pulled over but no drugs were found in the car why would you admit to that
1: seriously (laughs)
2: lie <laughs> until you come home, baby, on that one. Uh, maybe there's something I don't know about testing, but wow. Uh, so anyway, not, I'm not advocating the people lie if they're uh, under the influence. They shouldn't be driving at all, but very weird that he just admitted it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that uh, everybody on this team is tragic with Brett Hundley except for Devontae Adams. Now, uh, Devontae Adams has actually scored a touchdown um, in each of the last four away go- uh, games This season, six in a row if you go into 2016, with or without Aaron Rodgers. He has scored a
0: touchdown. Not a way.
2: It's pretty impressive, you guys. Um, Also last week. pretty much the only player you can play. Absolutely. He caught eight of his 10 targets Mm -hmm. for 126 yards. Now, no one's scoring touchdowns if they're scoring zero points, but that's intriguing to me. Sad, sad Jordy Nelson. Remember when he played in the NFL, two catches, 24 yards last week? So
1: sad. I hate even ranking him because I feel so bad putting him so low. And it's probably not low enough. It's probably probably not not. low
2: enough. So that's just – I did not think that would happen. I was wrong. I thought that he'd be able to rise above this, uh, but it's hard to rise above Brett Hundley. I do think, though, that I'm going to give Brett Hundley a little bit of credit here and then no credit. Baltimore's a really good defense tough matchup. I actually thought the play calling was a little bit better for him last week, even though they didn't score any points. He messed up. He had three interceptions, but that wasn't the play calling. The play calling was a little bit better, in my opinion. But this week, he has another tough matchup against Pittsburgh, and so I'm not starting anyone except for Devontae Adams, baby. On the other side of this ball, we got Pittsburgh. Um, Man, they just killed it last week at home against the Tennessee Titans. It was their first home game in a favorable matchup, and this is another home game in a favorable matchup. So Le'Veon Bell... Green Bay gets up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Bell wasn't all that great last week, but that's because Antonio Brown was, like, electric. He was just out of control. Antonio Brown was playing out of his mind, which he may do again because Green Bay gets up the 8th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So also, if you want to put Juju Smith-Schuster, by the way, he just turned 21. It was today or yesterday boy. i just retweeted Happy it birthday he made he had this cute little cartoon of himself on a bike and he was like i turned 21 baby and i was like oh man juju i just can't hate you even though you only had four catches 47 yards last week but um and he's questionable everybody so make sure to watch the injury report with a hamstring supposedly he's gonna be fine but he did not practice on wednesday and martavis bryant he's digging into those touches Oh my
0: gosh Two catches,
2: 30 yards, nothing, though. So whatever. Jesse James is kind of a guy. Um, he caught five of his eight targets for 21 yards and a touchdown. But it's just so hard to know because Vance McDonald was the guy who scored the touchdown the week before. So meh. Um, and Green Bay, by the way, again, has not allowed a touchdown to an opposing tight end all season. I would start the defense for sure,
1: and I would start the kicker. It was almost like Roethlisberger kept throwing it to Bryant to prove a point. I, it felt that way to me, too. I Didn't it like, feel this that way exciting. to you? Painful to watch. At one point,
0: I was just yeah. like, "Oh,
2: stop yeah. it!" It was really uncomfortable. They're it, they're a weird team
1: with they the are. drama. Yeah, a whole team. Very this odd. this week
2: there wasn't much drama though for the Steelers, which was a nice change. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, we have the Houston Texans the Baltimore Ravens. Another game of the week, Monday Night Football. All right, the Texans. <laughs> I know this is an extremely tough matchup for Hopkins, but you are not benching him. He has had eight touchdowns in the last seven games with almost 500 yards in the last four games. Hello. Keep starting him. Lamar Miller has been doing very, or just enough to stay in your lineup. This game won't be easy for Miller, but you may not have another option. I'm sure this will be plenty of questions around Miller this week. I'm sure if it's going to be like, should I start this person or Miller? I understand that. I will try to prepare myself for your questions because I own Miller and three of my leagues as well. And so I am very, do I do it? Do I not? At this moment, I have yet to commit it either way. But I think he's going to do just enough, just enough to be okay. not hurt your team, but not like really, really help your team either. Deontay Foreman was placed on IR after a huge game last week and tearing his Achilles. The Texans picked up Andre Ellington off of waivers because he's available. Um, He is the new backup for Miller. The Houston defense is in limbo sleeper category, and you're not starting their kicker. Obviously, you're not starting Tom Savage either. I didn't feel like I had to say that or C.J. Fedorowicz. (laughs) You're not starting him either. Good thoughts, but not really. All right, the Ravens, Ashley.
0: My only must start is the defense, Uh, and you can certainly play them, even though I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be just fine. Um, You can still play the defense. They'll be able to get some points. Sleepers. I know that Courtney likes them, but I just can't tell you to start Any of the Ravens with any sort of certainty. Uh, You know, Jerry Macklin caught four or five passes, but it was for only 35 yards. And it was targeted less than both Alex Collins and Danny Woodhead. He's targeted literally less than the running backs on this team. So now Mike Wallace was the receiver that came out on top this week. Macklin did a great job last week, but this week was Wallace. Um, And he caught, again, four passes, but for 56 yards and a touchdown. And he's pretty much touchdown dependent at this point. The good news is that he has scored in back-to-back weeks. So the start should tilt slightly towards Wallace over Macklin out of the two. But the matchup is very favorable this week, so they both could perform. So I will put them in in that safer category. It is at your own risk. Um, But what I will say is that Watson also has a nice matchup. So you know, if Flacco really gets crazy here, there's a chance that he could score a touchdown because Watson is solely touchdown dependent. But he's been able to score this year, so there's a chance there.
1: If Flacco gets crazy, crazy, he's crazy and decides (laughs) a crazy person. He does, you know, decides to throw over 200 yards. Could you
0: imagine having Flacco at a party, like? By crazy, I mean that he decides to throw <laughs> over 200 yards. That's what I mean. I know, right? Wow. Which would be crazy. He's like the guy that stays in the kitchen girl.
1: that constantly fills in the missing holes of the hors d'oeuvres. And doesn't want to talk to anybody? Yeah. yeah. Well, he that's stays there so he looks like he's social, but really he has a purpose in mind and it's just that. But every party needs fill a fill filler.
0: And that's what he does.
1: He that, tells that person might
2: him. be my husband. That's okay. No, he's the salsa <laughs> eater. He's the eater though. No, he's yeah. not, he's not
1: filling yeah. it. He's just eating. He's the reason why somebody has to stay in the kitchen to keep refilling. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Totally not, I knew he worked the... in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's other side of the, <laughs> other, other side of, side of the <laughs> offense. Yeah. yeah. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get, we'll get back to the Ravens versus our salsa fillers. But um, Alex Collins, he had 20 carries, but only for 49 yards and a touchdown. So at least he salvaged it there with a touchdown uh, and four catches for 22 yards. Danny Woodhead got involved in the passing game, as expected, catching five of six targets for 21 yards, uh, which is not a whole lot, but he only rushed one time. So Buck Allen is the player who lost his touches. This is what we weren't sure about where this was going to fall because Buck Allen can kind of lean both ways between Collins and Woodhead in terms of the role he can fill. Um, but Buck Allen, you know, only having four touches last game, um, for the return of Woodhead. So I think we can expect to see this ratio this week as well, that it'll be more of a Collins-Woodhead game versus Buck Allen. So you got to get him out of your lineup. So, again, all of them can be flexes. Uh, they can be your guests between Collins and Wallace. That they, they probably have the most upside here, but you, you, can, you can throw them all in a flex and just hope for, again, that Flacco decides to top the salsa. All right,
1: Brandon, you have an update?
0: Yes, our wonderful uh, listeners
2: here on YouTube Live uh, told me, which I did not realize because I did not Google this drama. I need to Google drama more often. But actually, the video of poor Aaron Jones was released when he was arrested. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did. Did you see it?
0: I didn't see it because yeah, yeah, right before we started our show, I didn't want to turn the volume on.
2: So I'm on TMZ Sports here. I haven't watched it, but it looks sad to me. And I guess he was initially pulled over at noon on October 1st going 79 miles per hour in a 55 when the officer smelled a strong odor and asked, you going to be straight with me or not going to be straight with me weed? And Jones replied, I was smoking it. Yeah, there you go. I appreciate the honesty. The cop said, and then Jones was asked to do a sobriety test, which I guess he bombed, which you can see in the video. And then he was cuffed and taken to the hospital for blood work, um, charge for speeding and whatnot. So, um, so I guess you can see the video. I just feel bad for these guys. Like, <sighs> Do you? on a website. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad. I, you know, I, he. But you know, smoking weed with breakfast is, you know,
0: I mean, that's what he so said. He admitted so, to
2: toking up before breakfast earlier that day. That's
1: that's. Um, it's a way to start your day. Wake and I bake.
0: Go for, wake and bake. That's, that's and how bake. you do it.
1: Wake is that, and bake. Is that a
0: phrase. Wake and yes, bake. Yes.
1: Wake and bake.
0: Yeah. Really? I usually go for green tea. No, I'm coffee. Coffee. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: And or there's weed. That's to
2: what each I'm learning. Their own. Right. Yep. So, uh, I'm sorry, Jones. So what a bummer.
1: Sorry, not sorry for going over 20 miles an hour in the middle of the day, the speed limit. That's not that's dangerous. That's
0: That's the part of right the
1: computer
0: Corny doesn't speak. Corny's the one of those good citizens that literally goes the speed <laughs> limit. <laughs>
1: I don't care if he smoked four hours before he got in a vehicle. I care that he's driving recklessly and could run into somebody and hurt somebody or hit somebody that's walking across the road. I don't know. I haven't seen the video. I don't know what kind of road he was driving on, but come on. You're a professional. Let's get get it. I hope he
2: learned from this incident and it doesn't happen again. How's that? Yeah. There you go. There you go.
1: There you go. All right, you guys. Well, that is our week 12 roundup. Make sure you can listen to the top of the show before you put in your lineup to start off your wonderful Thanksgiving day. Yay, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hopefully you all have a great time. Hopefully there's a little bit of family drama that's just enjoyable, not terrible. Uh, and don't forget, you can listen to us again this week on SiriusXM XM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. And you can chat with us on Twitter at Her Fantasy fb. Until next time, guys, no more faking it.
2: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.